What's up, sports fans? My name is Lucas Weiss, host of the Weiss Sports Chronicles podcast. we got a great episode for you today. Next up is Justin Levine. He's the managing editor of the Puck Authority and a writer for the Toronto 6 NWHL franchise. In this episode, I chat with Justin about the two-week NWHL tournament in Lake Placid, the importance of this tournament for women's hockey, as well as the outlook for the Toronto 6, and who Justin thinks is going to win the Isabel Cup in a couple of weeks. The Wii Sports Chronicles podcast is available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So make sure to like, rate, watch, and subscribe to all three of those channels. Now let's get to today's episode with Justin Levine on the Wii Sports Chronicles podcast. All right, as I said off the top, I am pleased to be joined by Justin Levine. Justin, of course, is the managing editor of the Puck Authority. He's a reporter of the Puck Authority, covers a lot of different hockey there, and he's a writer for the Toronto Six, the NWHL franchise that's going to be playing in the bubble in Lake Placid. It starts Saturday, January 23rd, so an exciting time to welcome back Justin Levine to the We Sports Chronicles podcast. Justin, welcome back, man. Hey, Lucas. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to write and talk about is women's hockey. It's something I've grown a passion for, and to be able to uh, catch up with you, like always, is so much fun, and uh, doing it on this topic, super excited. No doubt, and, and, and for the listeners, of course, Justin was my inaugural guest of the podcast. We're now over 100 episodes in, so always a debt of gratitude to Justin. We, we, we've improved things, Justin. I mean, got a webcam, got a microphone, got you know, a better graphics background, so, so things, are, uh, things are looking up there since uh, the last time we had you on the pod. Yeah, um, you know, you've, you've improved with every every guest you've had on, uh, from the NBA to NFL, and, I mean, you, you've grown from, you know, having me to, um, you know, a colleague like mine, Ben Steiner, um, and it's great to see the success, and here we are, uh, more than 100 episodes in, talking about the NWHL, so it's going to be good. So let's get started right there, Justin, because as I said off the top, the, N- the NWHL going into a bubble in Lake Placid, I mean, when people think Lake Placid, they think Miracle on Ice. But now for a whole generation of hockey fans, especially women's hockey fans, they're going to think Lake Placid as a real growth opportunity for the NWHL. So maybe before we get into the specifics about the Toronto Six, walk the listeners through what the next two weeks are going to be like in Lake Placid for the NWHL and women's hockey. First off, for the viewers, this is going to be their miracle for all the uh, young girls, and I think that's going to be really important, but uh, more so for the teens who um, have been, you know, very invested in this project since Tyler Kamini came aboard as commissioner and pulled this all together. Um, You know, they've been working towards this for the better part of six, seven months, and to have that final product come together like this is an incredible opportunity. Like you mentioned, they're doing the historic stage of the Hardbrook Arena, um, most teams have arrived today. I think the last one was Connecticut who arrived within the last hour. So um, it's going to be a fun two weeks. They have a five-game regular season playing against one another all once. And then following the conclusion of the regular season, they go right into what's basically the same as the NHL-style playing round. And that'll determine the four, the four seats for the semifinals. The semifinals will be quick. It's all in one day. 
and then there's an off day, and then obviously those seeds who won go, uh, after a whole reseeding process and all that with the playoffs go into the Isabel Cup final, and that's on February the 5th on NBC Sports, which is, an, again, another huge part when you look at the uh, visibility and the platform that's being given to the Pro Women's Game in the United States. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go with you next, Justin, because let's face it, I mean, you know, we, we've had women's hockey on, on our Canadian networks, which is great, but the fact that it's on NBC, which is like an even bigger step up in terms of coverage and, and money and viewership and whatnot, is absolutely massive. And, and, and to think, and now people are saying, well, it, it's only the semifinals and finals. Yes. But like taking that, like to have that on on that network so early on in this league, I think is just a great opportunity for women's hockey, and like you said, to get the visibility up because I think that's what's so important with women's sports is is like the more times it's on your television screen, the more people are talking about it, writing about it, reporting on it. You're just gonna bring newer fans to the game, and I think that. Hockey fans are going to watch any type of hockey. And, 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 and women's hockey is very competitive. It's a lot of fun to watch. So I think to have it on NBC this early on in, in, in its, in, in its um, history, I think is a really great opportunity for the NWHL. Right, and like you said, if it's on TV, it will be watched. It's on a major national cable network. It will be watched. And, I mean, Charlie Camino worked uh, so hard to get that contract done and yes it's only three games but that means something it's a huge three games it's the games that the people want to see the most uh the rest of it's going to be on twitch so it's all very accessible um and so you know it, the, these are yes they're trying times but what they've done in terms of blowing together a miracle through these um unprecedented times of the COVID-19 pandemic has been incredible there will be increased testing uh which will be understandably as I've been will be driven from Lake Placid to Yale and they'll be processed within all of 24 hours and returned um, and you know their hotel is very close to the arena so there should be no you know no reason for stoppage um, they're hoping to just get you know get right through and done with it with no issues and I mean it's all come together so beautifully and seeing the final parts of it come together the last couple of days was uh, sponsorship deals uh, players arriving to free goodies it's and that's a again the sign of support from those sponsors with their products is absolutely incredible so it's gonna be a really fun two weeks so let's dig a little deeper into the toronto six obviously this is a team that you're that you're gonna be writing for and, and when we had you on or when i had you on justin on the first episode of the podcast there was a lot of logistics that needed to be figured out right where they were gonna play in toronto was was the big question. Now they got that figured out, but just walk us through what we expect from this team because from what I've been reading, for an expansion team, this team is loaded. And that's nothing new for, for the NWHL, what we saw from Minnesota. So the fact that, again, the Toronto Six is a team that positions itself early on in its franchise's history as a team that's looking to get the top players... I think is, is very important for the viability of this franchise. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, the roster being loaded, no surprise. That's just, that's how Canadian sports go. And, um, you know, look, when the Toronto City was unveiled in April, history was made right then and there. So they knew that they had to follow up the historic park and load up this team with, you know, top guns. And they've certainly done that. 
uh, from you know some of the best from the NCAA. They've gone overseas to snag a few. Um, I mean, this team is just absolutely loaded. Again, their first five from the PWTA who decided that you know this route was better for them. Um, and then in that, there's Cheyenne D'Arcangelo, Elaine Chuli, uh, Taylor Woods, Kristen Barbara, Emma Greco. So, you know, this roster is just so loaded with talent. And, you know, these are women who want to continue to help grow the game and believe that this route is, you know, personally better for them. And, you know, I think that the bubble is a testament to the growth of this game. And for the Toronto Stick, yes, they were challenged uh, early on with, okay, where are we going to play? How are we going to pull off this season? And there were so many different talking points within uh, the logistics of figuring that out. And, you know, from what I was hearing, they had so many different plans, none of which were, um, you know, feasible though, again, due to the border closure. So, you know, having that place and doing it on one of the biggest stages in the world, um, I mean, they, they couldn't have been luckier. And they're led by Jujit Murphy, who is a uh, Hall of Famer in her town of uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Um, she has 23 years plus of coaching under her belt. And with that is uh, Lisa Haley, who joins her as an assistant coach from Ryerson. Uh, someone who has worked with Team Canada and will now with Team Hungary show the World Championships go ahead this year. And then last but not least, Spiros Anastas, who is the head coach of the Brampton Beasts, who will be joining as a video coach. So they're just, you know, from the coaching to the players, there's no loss of strength. And uh, this team has everything they need to get into the Isabel Cup Finals. I want to further expand, Justin, on Digit Murphy, because I think when that hire was made, a lot of positivity surrounded that hire, just, just in terms of her experience in the game. But what I've been most impressed with Digit has been her ability just to influence and draw players to this league and to this team that maybe wouldn't go down the NWHL route. So how influential has she been in really molding this roster that we're going to see in Lake Placid. Oh, you hit on the head right there. I mean, that's been a huge part because Digit, she's someone who knows how to sell women's sports, but more than that, she knows how to sell females in the sense that she knows how to pitch them properly and make the point that of what she's all about in terms of empowerment driven onto those girls and saying that she wants to help translate and get them into. And so, you know, I've spoken with so many of their players since late August. My first was Lindsay Peacewood, who said, that the empowerment got her like that when she wasn't even planning on playing in the NWHL originally. She wanted to go to New York and explore her options. And so, you know, that was huge. Then I spoke at Emma Woods last week, who said that, you know, she's Emma Woods has even played with Digit Murphy in China with the Karis Banky Rays organization. And she said that after she she wanted to kind of explore her options. She wasn't sure she'd continue playing hockey after that. But after a 10 minute phone call with Digit, she was like, yeah, okay, I'm convinced I'll do this. And she signed, uh, I think that was late May. And then I actually got off the phone with Natalie Marcuse a couple hours ago, uh, who is a rookie from Robert Morris University. And when I asked her what drove her here, she said, yeah, it was the, you know, the ability to, again, sell female sports and, you know, the professionalism. And I mean, that's all been promised. And you see that from, you know, the product off the ice with their locker room, um, the dedication to, uh, you know, a top roster, uh, professional sports environment, uh, meaning the coaches too. Um, so yeah, that's a, it plays a huge role in that. And then just her energy that she brings to the ice uh, in all practices, I've been told, and I've seen videos now, that she's like just this, you know, fun, loose coach and loves to, um, you know, connect with her, her girls in different ways. And, you know, it's, it attributes to what's been a really enjoyable environment and she'll bring that on the bench. She'll be serious when she needs to be in Lake Placid, but, um, you know, 
it's um it's an environment that if you can get along with your coach, you've got no issues, and this team has no issues. I mean, you you mentioned a lot of players on this team that are a lot very exciting to watch. I'm really looking forward to watching the Wood Sisters, uh, Emma and Taylor. Taylor, of course, on the back end, how she could be very strong defensively. But then Emma Woods, when you look at her, she's a real prolific scorer, Justin. I mean, in Sweden last season, 29 points in 35 games. She's played in China. She played in the CWHL. So this is someone that's bringing, again, a lot of experience. So... How excited are you in, in looking at the the Wood Sisters this this year at, at the with the Toronto Six? And what other player on this team, maybe people aren't talking about as much, is going to make an impact for this team? First off, the Woods girls. I mean, they're fantastic. Um, both them, Taylor Woods. I know her personally from my days covering the Mark and Thunder in the CWHL. She's so down to earth as a person. And then on the ice, she's this you know feisty uh, player who loves to. Uh, Get the stick, get the puck on her stick, and when she does that, there's no regrets. I mean, it her hard work every day uh, just shows. Then with Emma, who you know she even got a call after China to join the SBHL, uh, and so you know I think that's a testament to the offensive production that she brings to this team, and and so you know you're gonna see that immediately. Um, and another player who I think uh, has to you know have eyes on is Michaela Grant Mentis, who um, she just she knows how to score and she only played with the Buffalo Buttes last season in two games during their postseason um, and that was before they were eliminated but um, point being Digital said she knows how to score and that's been a testament through practice and while I haven't been able to see that I mean her her record at Merrimack where she's now the top uh, scorer in the women's hockey program there will only goes to prove that so um, that's someone who people have to keep uh, an eye on once this tournament officially gets underway and it does so tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time when they take on the Metropolitan Rivers. Obviously, Justin, I've had a lot of reporters, journalists on this show, and, and I'm just always fascinated to sort of see them navigate through covering sports in these Zoom times, right? In, in a pandemic time, in a bubble, obviously most of the professional sports that have done bubbles, Zoom is the way to go. It, it, it's the most easy, efficient way. Is that the same for you here? I mean, I, I know you're not in Lake Placid, just just for the listeners to know, but are you going to be doing a lot of Zoom interviews with players, calling them on the phone? Like, how how accessible has the NWHL been for the media for this event uh, in the Lake Placid bubble? Great question. So, uh, a couple teams did hold media days over Zoom prior to leaving for Lake Placid the last couple of days, Connecticut and Buffalo among that list. Um, and the coaches and players are understandably very accessible from what I've been told. I spoke with uh, the GM of the Buttes yesterday and um, they're going to continue to do press conferences in Lake Placid, much like the Toronto Six, who will be accessible after games. Um, so, you know, for me connecting with them, I'm going to have no, absolutely no issues at all. Um, I'll be doing phone calls as I've been doing the last couple of days for stories. Um, again, the press conferences. So there's no lack of at access to the media, which I think is a really big thing, especially because they're marketing this as a professional event, as it rightfully should be. So, um, I mean, it's incredible how they've done this, um, and they're working on the final logistics. Uh, they're having trouble with internet today, as I was told, but um, they're you know sorting that out because you're not you know you're not going to pull this off perfectly without bumps in the road getting to it. But once they figure it out, no issues will be had. So, I'm looking forward to this, um, and I can't wait for it to get started. Yeah, and. I think your point is very valid, and I think that 
anytime you pull off these events, I mean, and like I've I've been impressed for the most part just how a lot of sports teams, leagues have just navigated this because they haven't had a playbook. They, I mean, no one was prepared in terms of how to deal with a pandemic and trying to, to replicate um, the media landscape. Obviously, you know, you ideally in person is preferred, but we're in a pandemic right now. And obviously this is, you know, you have to adjust and this is how you have to be. But I just think too, from what I've seen on social media and, and the coverage around this event, like it just it's just a great opportunity for for content creators to really maybe try different things and, and figure out you know covering it like you would an NHL game. Again, it goes back to just getting more people talking about it, engaging with it, and, and I just think the more that you see it on social media, you're just going to be automatically attracted to it, being like, hey. What are we doing here? Like, I mean, what what is this? I'm really interested in it. I'm gonna go watch it. So, I think it's a great opportunity as well for 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 not just yourself, but many other content creators to be able to get your content out there, and also for the teams to really try unique things in terms of generating um, positive content around the event. Absolutely, you're gonna see that not only with Toronto, but the Buffalo Buttes who are doing a similar thing as I'm doing with the Sticks. And then, you know, you see the content creators at the Ice Garden, the Victory Crest, et cetera. Um, everyone's gonna be, I don't know if the right word's challenge, because yeah, there are different times and it's all being done over Zoom. So um, it's certainly a different way, but the access is gonna be, um, again, uh, uh, once they figure out internet connection, it's gonna be just fine. So um, I don't think that's going to be much of a holdback. And I think we're gonna see um, some stories um and not just the form of recaps but you know telling stories from directly from the ice and what these players uh are enduring and experiencing i think that's so important you know you get you kind of get into the mind of the player and what they're actually seeing um and what i really like about women's sports especially women's hockey is you know i think there's this history of men's sports where you know they don't realize how privileged they are for the stage that they're on and so when they talk to the media they're kind of you know i'm gonna put this lightly they're kind of you know almost dull sometimes but the women they're not they're always willing to talk to the media because they want that exposure because they're not there yet and so that's a big thing they will talk to you for as long as you want and you know they don't they don't mind it and you know they that's where you get the stories and that's where you get you know the behind the scenes info that you don't know about this player and so you know even talking today with Marcuse and last week with Woods I really learned that um they're so willing and you know they they could talk for an hour or more if they really wanted to so I think that's uh, really special and that's going to be a big takeaway from this bubble um is especially with the press conferences as long as there's no um cutoff um point for the conferences to end I mean they're just going to talk until they're told uh you know let's go to dinner or whatever and that means concluding the conferences so um something really special about um this whole event and the access to me a big part of that before i let you go justin obviously the you know the, there's more than just the toronto six the team you're covering there, there's a lot of different teams and i think one of the interesting storylines here is 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 the boston pride and obviously when, when you think of the you know they were setting the stage for a rematch with the minnesota whitecaps in the final, then it was postponed, then canceled. Are we on a collision course for those two teams meeting for the Isabel Cup, or do you think a team in the mix in the NWHL could surprise and knock off uh, those two powerhouse teams? 
Well, Boston Minnesota are set to face off in a rematch of what should have been the final in game one. So that's hmm. gonna be really entertaining. But to answer your question, um, Connecticut, they signed six draft picks uh, and five of them are going to be there, I believe. So um, that can certainly uh, knock everyone off their course, especially because, you know, this is a team that has completely rebolstered their roster uh, from goaltenders to forwards, everything. And their front office hasn't been rebolstered. And then their head coach, Colton Moore, who wasn't there all of last season to take part in Battle of the Blades here in Toronto, will actually be there for the entire two weeks. And you need your coach to be there. There has to be consistency and chemistry it all has to connect and if it doesn't connect you're a broken team and because of that connecticut ended with a 220 and 2 record and that's you know understandably painful so this is a team that um has obviously the chance to uh make it deep into the playoffs and then you know right alongside them the toronto six with the uh uh, a roster as strong as i've ever seen it so super excited to see uh the final product once it hits the ice tomorrow Justin Levine is the managing editor of the Puck Authority. He's also a writer for the Toronto Six. Of course, the NWHL is getting underway Saturday, January 23rd. You can follow Justin. Uh, he's going to provide a lot of great coverage throughout this event. Of course, the final for the NWHL, the Isabel Cup on Friday, February 5th. So make sure uh, to tune in there. Justin, thank you so much again. It's always a pleasure to chat with you on the We Sports Chronicles podcast. Lucas, thank you so much. Appreciate it.